Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero. And I'm Emily Vanderbush. And this is Mass Ave. I actually remember the very moment when I realized we didn't have enough money for me to go to college. I was in the car with my mom, and we were headed to a restaurant for dinner. I was in middle school, probably sixth or seventh grade, and while I always knew our society's timeline, after middle school, I would go to high school, and after high school, I would go to college, it wasn't until that very moment, like a light bulb turned on, I realized that college costs money, and we didn't have a lot of it. When we got to the restaurant, I asked my mom, who likely wasn't expecting this difficult question, Was I going to get to go to college? And how were we going to pay for it? I remember she calmly told me not to worry, and we would figure it out. I asked her recently about that day, and she remembered it too. She told me she was actually terrified and unsure of how we would make it work. But we did figure it out. I went to a small state school. I worked after class and on the weekends. And I took out loans. Loans I still have over a decade later. There are many stories just like mine. Many with far more difficult circumstances. In fact, my story is average. Americans owe almost $1.5 trillion in student loan debt, spread out around about 44 million borrowers. That is a lot of money. All of this being said, When political candidates throw out the idea of a free college tuition policy, the appeal is obvious. Who wouldn't want that? My middle school self certainly would, and maybe even my mom. But we all know the saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Who would really pay for it? Teachers still need to get paid. Where would their salaries come from? And would a policy like this really work in the United States? I recently talked to Mary Claire Amsalem a policy analyst in education policy studies and Heritage's Institute for Family, Community, and Opportunity, who was able to answer some of these questions. Today, we're sharing that conversation. Hi, Mary Claire. Hey, how are you? Good. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the free college tuition proposals that are out there? What exactly are they proposing and how does it work? Yeah, so when most people think of free college, they think of Bernie Sanders. He ran on this um, uh, during the presidential election, uh, and he said constantly that Americans deserve to go to college debt-free. And he highlighted an important point that Americans are seriously struggling under student loan debt. But the question is, what do we do about that? Um, And his proposal, and Elizabeth Warren is on this as well, is to completely remove any costs from students and transfer them onto taxpayers. Because at the end of the day, someone needs to pay for this. Professors aren't suddenly donating their time to universities. You know, uh, buildings aren't being, you know, completely donated. Going to college does cost money. And unfortunately, through free college proposals that cost billions and billions and billions of dollars a year, that money is going to come from taxpayers. And so those costs are going to be transferred. And it's important to remember in this conversation that today, two-thirds of Americans still do not hold bachelor's degrees. Despite all this rhetoric that you need a college education in order to climb the ladder of economic mobility, two-thirds of Americans aren't within that pool. So is it necessarily equitable or fair, things that I know Bernie Sanders cares about, 
to transfer these costs from that you know rather elite one third of Americans who do attain a bachelor's degree onto those Americans, many of whom are living paycheck to paycheck. I don't think that's a good way to, to necessarily be dealing with the problem. Uh, and in this in this specific proposal that that Bernie Sanders uh, talks about quite frequently, the federal government uh, will be paying for about two thirds of the tab, leaving for states to pick up the other one third. And so that's also an important thing to consider. A lot of states don't really have that extra cash lying around, and some states are you know more tightly constrained than others. Uh, and so simply assuming that t- that states will pick up this tab because of federal legislation is quite a lofty demand for for the American people for states and taxpayers all alike. So the bottom line is that it's not free. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's something that, that I like to repeat constantly because it is really misleading for politicians to be saying this, that, that you will be able to attend college for free because you or other people will have to pay for it in the long run. And I don't necessarily think it's a good system to be pushing everyone into higher education only to hurt our economy so much that we don't have jobs for these students to go to afterwards. Because at the end of the day, yes, people go to higher education to, to improve themselves, to open their minds, to learn all these wonderful things. Well, nowadays, I would argue they're closing their minds. But, you know, people go to college to to expand themselves. But you need to be able to go to college and get a job afterwards. You need to be able to pay off these loans. You need to be able to provide for your family. These are all things that American people want. And to to pursue policies that make it harder for people to pay off their loans or to to struggle in this economy, I, I think that it's misguided policy that does not get to the root cause of high college tuition. So you're saying that that same student who thinks that they're getting their tuition for free, the day that they graduate, they're seeing less in their paycheck because of these policies. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing to keep in mind is that we have overwhelming economic evidence right now that suggests that because of the way we are already heavily subsidizing higher education. This has, by, sorry, but by subsidizing, you mean? Through the federal student loan program. Subsidizing as in the government is paying the particular institution, giving them the money they need for that program. Exactly. So right now, um, 90% of all student loans, so if if a student is financing their college education through student loans, 90% of those loans come from the federal government. It's a lot. And that was not always the case. Exactly. This has almost completely crowded out the private market. And we have overwhelming evidence now that suggests that because of that program, because we have a lack of underwriting that occurs during through federal programs, uh, because we have easy access and because colleges know that a student will have access to these loans, we've seen over time colleges and universities raise their tuition prices because they know the students will be able to come up with these funds somewhere. Because the government's paying for it. Exactly. And so these were well-intentioned policies saying, hey, we want everyone to go to college. College is so important. We want people to achieve higher education. Absolutely. But unfortunately, this way of doing it has led to increased college costs. If we 100% take away the cost from the student and transfer that onto taxpayers, I, I fear that we will see further inflated college costs. While a student might not be paying that price, the cost to educate each student will end up going up over time. And so you're not only transferring the entire cost of a college education onto taxpayers, that cost will increase over time, digging us into a much deeper bubble than we're in right now. So then one of the reasons why these supposed free college tuition proposals wouldn't work is because it inflates prices. It causes institutions to raise their price of tuition because they think the government will be footing the bill. What's another reason why? Another aspect of of higher education that we talk about a lot here at the Heritage Foundation is that we need greater innovation in higher education. We need students to pursue a bachelor's degree if they wish, but to pretend that a bachelor's degree is the best way for every single student in the United States to pursue their dreams, their, their, their employment 
dreams later in life. Uh, I think that's very limited. And if we have almost a complete federal takeover of higher education, which is what we're talking about, if we make it completely free at the point of delivery, then you, you limit the ability for schools to operate autonomously and to innovate and provide different options for students. And so what we'd like to see down the road is for students to pursue two-year options, to pursue vocational training, to pursue certain credentials. Say you're a working mom who's you know, 35 going back to school and you just have this gap in your skill set, but you don't have the time to go pursue a whole other degree. You just want to take a couple classes to, to, you know, to make your resume that much better that will get you the job of your dreams. Would it be better for you to take those federal funds and pursue individual courses or an individual streamlined option that works best for you? I think we should be able to have robust, high-quality options like that in the United States. And unfortunately, through federal policies, we have limited that type of innovation severely. And so reining back the amount of federal aid, the amount of federal intervention that's currently in our system will make space that kind of innovation to flourish. So what can we do right now to stop students from accumulating so much debt? What policy options could actually work? Sure. So right now, the, the House is considering the reauthorization of the Higher Education Act of 1965. And that's sort of brought up a lot of uh, really interesting debates in the education policy world. And so I, I've written recently on this that uh, I think that what we need to be concerning ourselves with first and foremost is, as I mentioned before, reducing the amount of federal aid that's out there, specifically so that we can allow the private market to reemerge. Uh, and sometimes that makes people uncomfortable thinking, oh, private loans, you know, how can you guarantee that every student would have access to a loan? A lot of these uh, unintended consequences that I mentioned before that have happened through our federal student aid program would be pretty much eliminated if we had a robust, competitive private market. I think that would also be much better for students. In a private market, a private lender can go to a student and say, okay, what do you want to study when you go to school? How, what's your plan to pay this back? They, they would treat the student as, uh, as the way lending works in other sectors of, sectors of our economy. Uh, we, we tend to treat uh, student lending very differently. Um, if we have policies like that in place, we would have a student start thinking more about, okay, am I willing to take on a lot of debt to get this degree? And when I'm the signal that I'm getting from this private lender is that that degree might not necessarily pay off very well in the marketplace. And so if we connect the business community to the needs of higher education a little bit more through accreditation reform, through reducing federal access to federal student aid, we would see students pursue more streamlined options and pursue degrees that they are fully aware what the payout will be. And I think that we're, we're sort of insulating those real market signals because of our federal policies now. In closing, Mary Claire, as an expert in higher education policy, what advice would you give America's youth who are starting to look at colleges? Yeah, so it's hard nowadays because, unfortunately, our, our young high school students are being told, you have to go to college, you have to take on this debt, you have to go to this type of college. They're, they're, what they're being told is very restrictive. And I do think that nowadays higher education offers um, a very important signal, right? It signals to employers, hey, I got this bachelor's degree. Um, but the, the notion that not everyone should go to college is not always talked about. Um, and, and sometimes it's when you sound uncharitable when you say that, right? Like not everyone should go to college. I want everyone to be able to pursue whatever type of option that helps them achieve their employment outcomes that they want to see. And unfortunately, as a society, we've really restricted what that looks like. We've sort of said this entire institution can encompass all of the needs of our workforce, all of the values that students have coming into this. I think that's very restrictive. And so what I would say to a young high school student is, if you don't think college is for you, then pursue some type of other option. Maybe a vocational training is something that's good for you. 
this also requires some sort of heavy lifting on the ha- on behalf of employers. Employers need to stop saying, "Okay, we're going to, you know, require a bachelor's degree for this entry level position." You know, maybe employers need to take a little time to look at resumes, you know, look at backgrounds, look exactly at what this person's story is, and sort of get away from this idea that that BA next to your name says a whole lot about your actual skill sets, because a lot of people can pursue that outside of college. Um, in terms of loans, I would uh, suggest taking on uh, as little debt as possible, which might mean working yourself through college. Um, and that's something that not many people need to do nowadays. A lot of people just take out the loans and then are later settled with this debt. And due to loan forgiveness policies, are saying, okay, well, you know, I can pay off you know, my interest for a while, but eventually this loan is going to be forgiven. Unfortunately, that's transferring the cost of your education on the taxpayers. So what I would say is, hey, you know, take a couple classes, work at the same time, and do the option that works best for you. Because unfortunately, we have a lot of evidence that suggests that if you get out of college with a ton of debt, it restricts your ability to start a business, buy a house, all these things that are really good for our economy, these major milestones in adulthood. Unfortunately, we're seeing young people put that off a lot. And so going to college and graduating with as little debt as possible, given the options that we have, is definitely the route that I think a lot of Americans are trying to pursue, and I hope that they can. Good advice from Mary Claire. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this episode of Mass Ave. If you like today's podcast, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we would love it if you could leave us a comment on Facebook or iTunes and let us know what you think. Be sure to join us next week when we talk about our nation's fiscal policy or lack thereof. Mass Ave is produced by Michelle Cordero and Emily Vanderbush with editing by Thalia Rampersad.